If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Thank you for joining us for Black on the Scene. I'm John Gist, and I'm here with my girl, my ace and co-host, Dee Dee Brown. Dee Dee and we Brown. are back for a chat with Allison K. Furch. So I've had the pleasure of spending some time with Allison when Dee Dee decided to low-key try to set her up with one of her friends who Allison had zero interest in. When I say that was hilarious, it was so funny. But aside from that, Allison is a strategic and innovative communications professional with more than 15 years of experience in public and media relations, content creation, brand awareness, marketing partnerships, and crisis management. She joined BDA Sports Management in April of 2013 and is currently the head of media and content, where she was responsible for the development and implementation of all communication strategies for the agency, the full client roster, and chairman and CEO. Plus, she's worked with some of the most talented NBA player, players in the business, Rajon Rondo, RJ Barrett, Zach Levine, just to name a few. So I cannot wait to dive into this conversation. Listen, Allison Birch <laughs> is in the intro. house. Listen, we won't go into that little tidbit of how John first met you, um, but I would like to just share a, uh, just a personal antidote of how we've been in this thing since the mid 2000s when you were an up and coming young PR executive in the sports and entertainment industry. Um, <laughs> of course, we met through our mutual sister friend, Jody. What's up? Up, Jody Soa. Shout out uh, Soa. Shout out Soa. But I just have to express, and I and I'm sure I've said this to you, but if not, I just have to express and let everyone know that, like literally professional and personally, I would not be standing here today were it not for Allison's friendship and sisterhood. When I embarked on this freelance consulting world after being laid off at the New York Post in 2013, yes, folks, you get laid off sometimes. Um, I was volunteering at this high profile industry conference and I was volunteering to pad my resume because I wanted to show more experience in this particular field. And I underestimated the scope of work, which often you do in the freelance consulting world, and was like drowning as the talent manager in the green room with these high profile people. And Jody and Allison lived nearby. So I, I guess I texted you an SOS. I don't know what I did, but little do, all of a sudden they show up, they take over the green room, like oh, yeah. organizing talent, setting up photo ops, putting people in place. I mean, they might've gathered me up too for being unprepared or ill-prepared for this, but I will never forget that. And she has done that for me probably more times than I have can count over the years. And I just cannot wait to dive into this conversation with her. Allison is one of the smartest, thoughtful, and most talented pros in the sports and entertainment biz, and also probably one of the funniest. Welcome. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'm. Let me just tell you, I'm super excited to be here because I am a fangirl of Black on the Scene. So yes. I believe episode yes. and a half slash two, I already was saying when am I on the show? And you, you all were both like, um, we don't have guests, so. <laughs> but I'm here. But you're here. Do you remember that actual conference? And do you remember who was in the green room? Uh, Gabrielle Reese. 
and Lisa Leslie. Oh yes, Lisa Leslie, that's right. Oh my gosh, I, yes, and I have a photo. Yes! A photo, oh my goodness, I apologize for that. Um, New York living. Uh, but yeah, I have a photo, I still remember, I looked at it every once in a while because I was, I was very spelt at that point. So I, you know, reminisce about that sometimes too. Girl, but, you were yeah, still I do remember spelt. That. I do remember that. I, first of all, I just love y'all's friendship and I always say this, I was like, I need more Allison Birch in my life. Yes, Cause, cause we all remember, do. I just remember back at that, we were at the hotel in New York and we were just <laughs> drinking and having a good time, ordering sure. all the food. And it yes, was just we so were. fun. It was just, it was just a fun energy, a fun environment. So it was, it was very fun. And don't let us have an open tab somewhere. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> a and work I, tab. And work. I think, and I think we closed the place down. If I remember they correctly, they, they did turn they the lights did. on. They turned, and that they, we're in New York, and right, they turned the lights, and they turned the lights on. on. So you know something. exactly, you know what kind of night that was. So Allison, let's dive in. Let's talk right. about it. Wait, John. Before you do, we talk about doing our little kikiing and cocktailing and we just must go ahead and really start this off right with a little cheers to being black on the scene and Allison joining us and anyone who's listening cheers 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 mm. yes so refreshing don't get it twisted this has a little something in it <laughs> yes so Allison let's talk about it you've been okay. in the sports industry for a while now like let's go back like how did how did that have are you into sports like how how did you break into the industry? It's in the blood, um, very much into sports. I um, played college volleyball and played every sport when I was growing up. I'm from Tempe, Arizona. So um, it's very, very hot, as you know. And that's kind of the reason for a lot of what I do and who I am today. Um, I spent a lot of time indoors, all the indoor sports, right? Basketball, volleyball, um, anything I could do that took me out of the sun. Um, and, you know, my the whole family's athletes. My mother played softball in college. My sister also played volleyball, cousins, basketball, and all kinds of things. So um, that's, it's in my blood. And then how I got into the industry really was kind of one of, the, one of the core tenets of my life when it comes to discussing kind of this world with, with other folks is through networking, really. And one of my teammates, um, her boyfriend at the time was now her husband, um, was older than us, was working for the New Jersey Nets. And I went to Seton Hall University, which is in South Orange, New Jersey. He was working for the New Jersey Nets. And um, while I was in college, I was, worked in the SID departments, that sports information department um, for the university and knew I wanted to go into sports. And I was always hanging out with them anyway. And he just said, why don't you intern when you can type of thing? And that's what I did. He just so happened to have an internship for me um, available with the New Jersey Nets. Um, again, just through networking. It wasn't because I had any particular background or anything like that um, outside of being an athlete. And that was really the first place that's where it started. And, you know, it was, it was all uphill from there. <laughs> Something like Maybe that. a little bit of a roller coaster as right. these things tend to be. Yes, um, yes. But the thing that you just said that really resonated with me, and I think will resonate with other people is that most of us did not know what we are doing currently was a job. Oh, no, absolutely not. And I will tell you to that point, um, when, I, when I got my first internship, essentially it was, um, they were like, okay, this person has recommended you come into the office, meet with HR. And they told me about eight different internships and they told me to pick one. 
I remember that was my first foray into working with a professional team. Um, and I happened to, again, have been lucky enough to know the people to get me in front of that person. I'm sure I don't know it's like that for everyone. But I sat there and I said, literally, I was thinking between basketball operations, which is, you know, heavily sports only sports driven, which is a bit of what I do now, you know, talent management, if you will, and the PR department. And I said PR department just because I liked media. Um, I knew it was still interaction with with this on the sport, like the sports specific side. Um, I met the the man who was the head of that department at the time, who was literally the head of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, he was my boss as an intern. He's now the head of Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets um, basketball comms group now, working side by side with one of my with one of my clients and dear dear friends today. Um, I met him, loved him. We've gotten along for you know, 15 years now. And that's literally how it happened. Didn't know it was a job, but like the people. So I said, I'll do this one, you know, and it's, it's worked out pretty well. I remember my, and Didi, I don't know if you know this about me, but I remember my first job out of college, I worked in sports and opposite of you, uh, Allison, you, since you love sports, I don't love sports at all. I never played sports. So it was like, it was a, it was a crazy thing where I'm work. I worked at Turner sports for a year in oh, wow. marketing and I hated it. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it was NBA. It was golf. It was all, I was like, I don't know what any of this stuff means. And, but you know, the thing that I, I had to realize is that, Hey, I'm at a college. It's the recession. And I said, let me, let me, let me, figure out an opportunity for myself here. And I love that. I love that you like things kind of just started to fall into place. Like you were saying, like, I think for me, it was like, okay, I'm in, I'm in Turner. I'm in this big infrastructure. Right. So like, how do I, how do I use this to my best of my advantage? And I remember like, okay, I hate sports, but I love TV and I love entertainment. So like, let me figure out what, what I can learn from this. And I eventually went off and, you know, obviously did other big, bigger and better things. So my question for you is like, looking back in your career and just like the, the different steps that you take and like how how calculated or uncalculated have they all been right like have they all been like I just kind of fall into place or I kind of just make the best out of these situations I feel like a lot of times who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off ba-da-ba-ba-ba especially people breaking into the industry, they always want to kind of figure it out sooner rather than later. But sometimes you just, that doesn't happen. So like talk about your, your career journey a little bit more of like how things just kind of like fell right. into place or right. they fell out of place. Right. Um, I will say a lot of my journey has been, I think now I'm a lot more calculated um, for obvious reasons, right? We're older, we have more life experiences. There's other things we're taking into account outside of just what do I, what do I wanna just wake up and do it every day? We have to take it, you know, take life into account. Um, as I was coming up in the, in the industry, it was partially calculated because I, I knew what I loved. I knew what I, I really enjoyed doing. I knew what I did not enjoy doing, but I also realized that some of those things still have to be done. Um, as I said before, it's, it's who, you, who you meet, it's who you're networking with again, it's who you're interacting with, it's the, you know, the events that you attend, it's how you offer yourself up. Um, I was very, I was strategic about those things, but then I kind of did let a bit of the chips fall where they may. And by the grace, a lot of things have, have fallen into really great place. Again, partially out of my planning of making sure I meet certain people that do certain jobs, that have certain access. Um, 
and and just always be myself and always be willing to kind of extend myself and 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 be creative and offer ideas and be willing to do anything um you know just ask my family this is not the best thing but i missed my sister's graduation from college because at the time the team i was working for was in the playoffs and everyone and it was and it's also summertime right so at that time your internship is actually over and i said i will stay and i will work side by side with the head of comms and literally the head coach of the team who's actually now the gm of the la clippers um and i said i'll stay and i'll do it and don't think my sister does not remind me of that to this day but you know what but you know that exposure exposed me to the nba to the league office right because now you're in playoffs and so it's beyond just what the team wants to do now it's to what the league needs so then i'm you know i meet the head of communications for the entire league and his staff who again i can call on today if i need to and so it's 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 a lot of those types of things um you know that that needed to happen but you know those are the sacrifices that you make would i do that today not necessarily but it was it was the kind of decision that needed to be made then that paid dividends i ended up working for the new york knicks and to and to kind of speak a little bit to what you were saying john um again love for sports that's the core right but uh, entertainment and film and tv and programming and content creation was always something i really loved to do i you know was the person who kind of started what was called the next confidential which was basically the we called it the game story but it was the story of whatever happened with the team that week so both on court and off court and i authored that for a couple of years um through my position at the Knicks again this is Madison Square Garden right so there's MSG network there's fuse which is the music and entertainment um side of things there's radio city rockets there's the Knicks dancers there's the team itself there's the liberty it's this umbrella so again through my making that transition across the river to work for this other team i now have exposure to all the other things that i love right so you know i that's when i started to focus on a lot of the the publicity around the entertainment aspects of the game um of the of that night right the entertainment aspects of kind of what the basketball players were about outside of yes i could do all of the sports illustrators and the espn's and the dime and the, all of the i could do all of those from a media relations standpoint but i also got the opportunity to shoot you know v man for the first time or alexa with the post for the first time and like do uh, you know do these other kind of um editorial and and entertainment opportunities shooting with mtv and just things that would never have happened had i you know solely been with a basketball organization but i was with an entertainment organization so i was able to kind of get my first foot into that cross section of the industry and shout out right there to the people like the Dan Schoenbergs of the world and completely grateful for that for those types of opportunities that again I know and I think the industry also knows it doesn't happen outside of cities like outside of New York it's getting right. better but you know at that time it was definitely you know a, a New York centric kind of opportunity right um I love that you said you have such a fantastic story Allison it's, it's amazing yeah. um I, yes. you know I want to I want to unpack something here too cuz you know I think being you know Didi and I are in film and in in television um and you have such a great experience in sports but let's talk about like being the only one in rooms or being the only yes. one at seats at the table like how has it been being a, a being black and being a black woman working in this in this more so male dominated you know area right like male dominated air quotes right uh, or area where have you did you have you ever felt like any specific challenges or any kind of you know 
issues or anything like that kind of like really getting into that space because again I feel like there's this idea of sports is for guys and it's like obviously you love sports all your life do you do you feel like you've hit any kind of roadblocks in that area at all oh my I mean of course right um I I say this my, I say this and I, my sister as well. My sister is an epidemiologist. So um, there's only a handful of black female of those as well. And so we always say we're one of one, right? Um, and as you said, male dominated industry, it is what it is. Um, and outside of those on the court, on the field, on the pitch, um, it's often always where the, you know, there's not many black faces, right. Um, in these respective front offices and in, in these, you know, decision-making positions. And I, I have lived a very long time being one of one. I, I can, and the, you know, the book is coming, the book is coming and there'll be more information on that, but I will give you one little bit of a tidbit just from an industry standpoint. And so I think that, you know, it's, it's shifting in some places, you know, for the better, um, but for sure, as a woman, as a black woman, I, you know, I ran, I, I think because I was an athlete, um, that kind of skewed for whatever reason, for some people, it skewed me to like, she's not just a girl, right? She's also an athlete. Um, of course, the, the, the athletes, the players always gravitated toward me because I was like their sister, right? Um, and, and now like their mother, but you know, and always, they always gravitated toward me. And so that always really helped me along the way, because if something can't, you know, if someone can't get a particular player to do something, they send Allie. Right. And that's always been the case. And so I think that's where, you know, like it or not, um, that's where I think I had a bit of a leg up because of that, like innate relationship that, you know, we as black people have. Dee Dee and I truly hope that you are enjoying this episode of Black on the Scene, but we're interrupting this episode just for a quick second to ask a favor. Please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating after the show. And now we return to Black on the Scene. Enjoy. Um, that kind of unspoken thing. So, you know, I think that that definitely helped. Um, but, you know, there were instances I've been in all the locker rooms. Um, I've been on all the trips. I've been asked if I was someone's girlfriend many, many times. Would they ask my counterpart if, you know, well, I don't even know what they would ask. Would they ask him? You know, there's certain things that, of course, yes, I've had to deal with. I've had to deal with, you know, security guards stopping me, asking me where I'm going. And, you know, clients or players that I work with having to come get me. Be like, no, she's cool, even though I have a credential and I have my accreditation. Um, all of those things I've been told to smile more. I've been told to practice my smile. Um, you know, I, there's a, there's a, I could, wow. I could go down the list of things. Oh yeah. You know, and it's, and you know, I think that that's why I have a little group of NBA female friends, um, both, you know, of all, from all cultures and we commiserate again, there's only so many of us as well. We commiserate, we, we shout each other out as we are moving up the industry throughout the industry. Um, you know, we have presidents of, of groups, we have heads of groups, we have SVPs of groups, we have people running the freaking Olympics, um, you know, so I think it's, it's to answer your question, yes, have I had to encounter a number of things, a number of things, as I uh, know all three of us have, and you figure out how to navigate it, um, you kind of figure out a blueprint, and then, you know, ideally it's something you can then, you know, 
share with the next person coming up. Um, and I also have had someone like Didi throughout the process. And, you know, as much as you can say, you, you know, wouldn't have certain, you know, things without my support, without your support. I don't even know that I would be sitting here today because I've had some knockdowns for sure. I've had some times of questioning myself, questioning my worth, questioning, you know, what am I doing and why am I doing this? Um, there's not a lot of, you know, atta girls and pats on the back. And there's not a lot of, we really want you to succeed. It, there's not a lot of that in, in our industry when you, when you look a certain way, when you are a certain way. Um, I've been told I was aggressive, assertive. And Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. All kinds of things, right? All the things they tell us black ladies. All the things um, where I'm thinking to myself, one, we're, we're, in, we're in a charged industry, right? So why is my assertiveness so offensive, yet this gentleman over here's assertiveness is not as, as offensive? Yeah, I mean, it's a thing of like, when we talk about representation, and this is why you know, part of the reason, aside from just getting together to just celebrate the people, first of all, you know, I have this dream of like all my friends and all my worlds kind of colliding so everybody can meet, you know, the, the from various worlds and different points in my life can meet each other and connect. Mm -hmm. But it's also for everyone, the purpose of this sort of platform, if you will, is to just illuminate a little bit of you know, the love of what we do, but, and also some of the challenges that come along with that. So if you think about, you know, you can love your spouse or your sister, your brother, whomever in relationships, but you can also have challenges in those relationships. And I think it's right. really key. I wish there was a, you know, um, uh, a therapy you, you can go to for like your love of entertainment that also may feel like you're slightly abused in the relationship because, and, and I do want you to share this is, so everyone who's listening is, you know, what are some of the, obviously you love what you're doing, you're figuring it out as you go along because there's no blueprint, but what are some of the things you're like looking back on at this point that are so like you can't jump in your time machine and change, but that are right. so key that you are maybe correcting or thinking about a little bit differently within the confines of like how you have to hand over your life to this industry um, for a certain period of time. And then, you know, things that you're doing to sort of course correct for self-care and mental health and all of those things. Well, I mean, I think that as soon as you said, what are, you know, you can't jump in your time machine, but what are some things you think back on? That's the main thing that, that pops out is balance, right? Um, I, I think about that often. I have spent, there was a period of time that I spent every single birthday with a team because of the time of year my birthday falls. It's the beginning of the basketball season. Um, and you know, it, it was great cause I'd get on the bus and I would be cupcakes or, you know, candles or whatever for me and all the things like that. But, um, you know, 
and that was just what I was, that was what I knew was expected. And I, I go back to that, the previous story I told about, about the playoffs and missing and missing my sister's graduation. Um, those types of things are expected. So that level of balance, um, I, I never really prioritized. And, you know, I think some of that has to be done. I think we all know this as you're coming up through the industry, like we don't have nine to five jobs, right? Um, we are expected to work on the weekends in some instances to be available at least in some instances, especially you know in, in my space when it comes to things like you know crisis communications, right? If something happens, you know you've got you got to answer the phone and you you have to be ready to kind of start buckle buckle down and come up with a strategy for you know around whatever you know might be happening, um, and it's you know based on news and and media and the timeliness of all of those things. So I understand there's some necessities to it. And I think just as I've, you know, matured and evolved through the industry, I've definitely said to myself, I have to slow it down and I have to prioritize because at the end of the day, this is a job and is, and, and I'm not married to this job and no one at this job, no matter where I work, um, I, it's not that I can't be replaced, right? That's the instance, unless again, unless you are, you know, Dr. Fauci, <laughs> you know, you, you can, you can be replaced. There are plenty of people who have the same capabilities. They may not have your, you know, your background specifically because you're the only person that's had that, but you know, there are people that have your capabilities. So it's just recognizing those things and understanding that my mental health, my psyche, just my, just wake up in the morning, you know, is dependent upon my efforts at, you know, creating that balance and creating boundaries. And um, that's something, like you said, it's a work in progress. As always, there's certain things that I want to do personally um, that I have to give myself the grace and space to be able to pursue. And that's, again, that's, you know, decisions I'm making now. And I also have the, the freedom and the ability and, and a bit of the autonomy to make those kind of decisions now because I, you know, you know, further along in my, in my, in my career and have a bit of that capital built up. Um, but that, that would be the number one thing is, is balance and boundaries. And I, I think that probably, probably 90% of people would, would say the same thing, especially, you know, here in the States, um, the way, the way we work and the way, you know, we are conditioned to work and the way that, you know, many things are, are expected. And again, you know, we talk about the pandemic, it's a lot of stuff is shifting now, right? So will this be the same way five years from now? Probably not, you know, that expectation of the way you work. So um, that would probably be the, the biggest thing that I would, I would look back on and say, ooh, if I could have, but I probably wouldn't have. It's, it's you know, then you miss out on opportunities. Who, who knows? You, hindsight, right? Of course, because you're padding your experience and your resume at that point. And I, I would just love for you to share some of, so part of our jobs in working in entertainment, because it's such a fast moving industry and that things are changing, obviously, like social media really wasn't a thing when we met in the early 2000s. And BBM, honey, BBM. That's what we did. I tell you what, Blackberry that Messenger was, was, was the... It. We... Oh, I was like, what's BBM? Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> Blackberry uh, Messenger. That was Instagram and Twitter yeah. and thing and all of that. Built into really? It. Yes, honey. BBM. John, we had an epic 
BlackBerry Messenger chain. I held onto wow. that BlackBerry for dear life. People had already moved off the BlackBerry Messenger. I didn't want to do it because yeah. we had an awesome chain. It was just easier to type. Really? Like, wow. Yes, okay. I, I'm older than Ferch, so I'm really dating myself. And Ferch is a tiny bit older than you. So yes, this is so. That's a bit of, I need to go research that. I don't know if I remember BlackBerry Messenger. <laughs> no, you do not because you were probably no. in elementary school. Good night. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> John, it fades. You're so silly. Probably it phased out for me, kind of earlier in in my. So what you wouldn't have even touched it. So BlackBerry okay. Messenger phased I, out. I, I did have a I did have a BlackBerry. Now, yeah. I, do, now, I did have a BlackBerry now, um, but I don't necessarily remember like the yeah. Messenger being like a thing. Oh yeah. It, and maybe it I, was I just, just remember, our I do, group. I do, I do miss the, the BlackBerry in the sense of I feel like it's more easier to to like respond to emails and go to emails and things like that. So that's like, yeah, I, I, know. I do miss to, that. Yeah, <laughs> we have to make things more difficult, you know. Right. 100%. Apples and yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So Allison. Yes. You know, just share how you keep abreast of like what's popping. I mean, <laughs> pandemic happened. There was a whole movement, which you've been, and I think most black and brown folks within their companies are like default DEI representatives, mm -hmm. diversity, equity, and yes. inclusion folks just yeah. on, the, we just are, we like just we're are. representing, we want to see more of our people in there and, 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 and we are doing things to make the place of trying to do things to make a better place. So basically we're doing two jobs and <laughs> one of those jobs is for free. Um, so I'm curious to know how you stay abreast of like, what's popping, what's in the zeitgeist? How do I move my client into this space of, is it fashion, is it tech? Like you have to know sort of so much what's going, like so much what's going on. How do you keep abreast of those things? How do you guide a client in the right way? Just share a little bit about client management because it looks sexy, but you know, there's, there's work. Client management has taken me all over this globe. So I will say, you know, I've been, I think I've, I've been on at least four of the continents just by nature of client management. So I have loved that. But the way I think I've navigated it is something that comes natural to me is uh, consumption. I'm constantly consuming information, um, whether that is, and I think I, I watched one of your, um, your episodes where you guys were talking about just multicultural publicity and Didi was mentioning that she talks to her younger nieces and nephews you know, about a lot of things to, to gather information. Listen, same, 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 and more. Um, I'm talking to my little cousins. My little cousins, she's 10, has taught me more about social media and the TikToks and all the above. Like I have that. I have clients that are also 18 years old, right? So I have the ability to just, I'm always around them, whether it's hearing new music or, um, you know, you know, finding out about new uh, finding out about, out about new groups and, and new, new things. I also, like I said, I'm a huge consumer naturally anyway. So I watch everything. I watch things that are family friendly. I'm loving things like Netflix nailed. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. It's with Nicole Byers. Um, I'm watching a lot of sports driven content, you know, something like a last dance, you know, during the pandemic watching, you know, things like that documentary specific. 
Um, I am reading and if, if it's reading, you know, Lovecraft Country before seeing the show, it's, it's I'm constantly consuming and constantly asking questions. Um, I'm trying to always put myself in situations where I can just be absorbing. Um, I, and again, I think that, that whether that's family or it's, you know, my network of, of fantastic colleagues, um, a lot of fabulous women um, who are just so intelligent and so just innovative and um, just, just so, so good hearted. Um, I have friends across the industry in music, in TV, in film, in fashion, um, in, in editorial and everything that you can imagine, right? Friends, you know, mostly women from all walks of life. And it's just, you know, just asking questions or letting them ask me questions, right? It's, it's just having a lot of those conversations. We have another mutual friend who we do kind of, I don't know if we necessarily have a name for her, but she's the person that you know, if there's a thought in your head and you're like, is this a thing? You can just give her a call and she's gonna walk you through 35 different iterations of the, is this a thing, right? And it's all things that may be in the back of your head, but she's someone who'll pose a question or she'll give you an example, or for whatever reason, she has some finger in the zeitgeist somewhere. And she's like, I know a story about the so-and-so happened, right? So it's, it's just all of that. Again, it's, and that's something that I would also um, recommend to, 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 to younger people or just anyone in the industry is to consume as much as you can if this is what you want to do. Because again, that takes a lot of time. People have families and they have lives. <laughs> but for someone like me, it's like my entertainment, my personal time and all that is spent watching movies, is spent going to museums, it's spent sitting around the table and just commiserating and talking with different people. Um, so that's kind of my thing. There is, again, no blueprint. Um, there's no roadmap, but, um, you know, I, it's, it's what I would do anyway. And luckily it's been something that has really benefited me in, in my career. I, first of all, I think you need to go on the road and do like some kind of Ted talk, Allison, because you have yes, great nuggets of information, <laughs> but before we close, um, I, I'm just so curious because I think you you have you you've dipped your hand in so many different spaces, right? In terms of like content and publicity and management and all these things. Like, what is what does the next five or ten years in your career look like, or what do you want it to look like for yourself? Like, are you is there anything you want to do that you feel like you you know? Because I feel like you you read a lot, you're, you're consuming so much content. Would you ever think about being a producer? Which what what is it that what's in your head that you would love to do like down the road? Oh, Mr. Guest, listen, um, <laughs> I am a creative, creative at heart. And I, I hear people saying that often. And, and I think for me, that really, really is the case. Um, I love to write. I love to draw. I love to color, a coloring book. Like, it's not that I'm having these original works of art, right? I just love to kind of use all five of my senses, just in general. So um, I what I want to do is create. And does that mean that I have my own media company um, where I am, where I am, you know, finding projects that um, make a lot of sense in the sports and entertainment space, since that is my bailiwick and also my love. Um, am I doing that? Am I, is that, so is that my own business? Am I going out and finding other companies, other entities that are working in these spaces and, um, coming in there and maybe strategizing and shaping for them what is the best kind of way to navigate this this 
newish space in the sports in the sports world and sports industry, right? Um, with all of the athletes that are, you know, starting production companies, um, the Spring Hills of the world, the unanimous medias with, you know, from Steph Curry, 35 Ventures with KD. Um, and then these, the, the media, the, the media companies, the complexes and all of those that are turning, that are getting the complex media now, right? That are having these, this shift in this content side of our world. I think that it's, it's, I think that I'm in a really great space right now to, to figure out what my next thing is. Um, I don't know how much of an entrepreneurial spirit that I have. I have this conversation with Didi often. Um, if, if, <laughs> if I have the wherewithal to kind of be my own boss, if you will, but um, you know, it's definitely something that is, in, is involving st st storytelling. It's involving creating the narrative. It's involved, and and I mean from from soup to nuts. It's whether it's this athlete works for this story, so let's pair these things together, or this athlete has this particular story, or let's create this story, and maybe it's something that works in the sports world, right? Maybe it's a story on mental health. I I, I saw. Um, I saw one of these athlete-driven production companies that's doing a series specifically around mental health. And I think a lot of that's coming out of the Naomi Osaka's and the different, and, you know, Simone Biles and these various things that are happening real time. So they're working on a series that's around mental health. Would that have been something that we would have done five years from now? No, it would have had to have been fitness and health and, you know, nutrition and all of those things. And now we're learning that, you know, that other side of our health is the mental health piece of it, right? And it's not, it's not so much of a taboo, especially in, in our culture, which most, you know, a lot of the athletes I work with are black, of course. Um, so I think there's just the, the sky's the limit. There's so many opportunities. And right now I'm just really wanting to be open to all of those things um, and, you know, take my time, um, you know, figuring out, figuring out what that next step is. Um, so you will be the first to know and, I hopefully be along for the ride on some level. Yes, of course. I am. I love that. Like I, I know Dean and I are figuring out our own journey as well of, of this of this ride that we're on. Up and down and it goes. You're an inspiration, the both of you. Thank you. Thank you. We're excited. Well, only because we have wonderful, amazing collaborators, friends um, like you and so many of the people we're talking to on season two. So we thank you. We love you. And we just want to know. Part of the reason we started this podcast and this show is to talk about our what Black entertainment, sports and entertainment has given to us. So, because it's all about representation and, and being seen. Uh -huh. Can you share your love letter to the sports and entertainment world with us and the Black on the Scene community? Oh my, okay, my love letter to the sports and entertainment world. I, what, what this world has given to me is my power of expression and my, you know, a, my ability to be me in a really, in a real way. Um, I, you know, like I said, I, I grew up in Arizona, the hottest place on, in the world. And there was only so much time that could have been spent outside, right? And my family was one that liked to do a lot of things together. And we spent a lot of our time in the house watching movies. Um, you had to be able to kill time in the AC, right? So, um, you know, some of the first images that, that I saw that my family showed was, you know, like a Lauren Hill in, in Sister Act, 
um, that was that was where I, you know, I, I started to envision myself as an entertainment entertainer of some sort. And I and, you know, moving over to, um, you know, oh, Janet and Poetic Justice. And that was at the point where I was allowed to first start getting my hair braided. Like there's just little things. And again, I'm in Tempe, Arizona. Shout out to all the Maricopa kids. There weren't a lot of us that I wasn't related to that looked like me. So being able to see those types of those types of things started my love letter. And again, knowing that that was the entertainment world and that I already had the sports in my everyday life, um, you know, my love letter is me, right? I am the I am the the result, the beneficiary. Um, I it's you know, and I hope that I, you know, continue to, to, to do it justice um, and continue to grow it and evolve and, and all of the above. Um, but I, that's where I thank you guys so much for, for this platform, because it, it's allowing, of course, to talk about the industries, which is something that doesn't happen often, or it just happens within small groups. Um, but it also allows for some of us who we do work so hard to be able to kind of, you know, you know, to let our hair down and then just talk about the things like the entertain, like talk about this is fun, right? It's hard work, but this is fun. And to know that without, without black entertainment on all levels, sports, entertainment, whatever it is, um, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't exist in the way that I do today. So that's my love letter. Well, we love your love letter. You love we it. Thank you. thank you for your time. We thank you for what you do um, in the industry. Representation matters. Cheers to representation. We Cheers. see you. We thank love you. you. We celebrate you. We support you. We you know, support thank you. you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Much love. Much love. Much love. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Black on the Scene with Allison Furch, sports and entertainment executive. She drops so many relatable gems about our industry and what she's learned along the way, like utilizing your network for career opportunities and guidance. Allison's journey of navigating the sports and entertainment industry as a Black woman with such grit, grace, humility, and dedication hopefully inspires everyone listening. Additionally, Allison learning to prioritize balance and mental health should encourage us all to ultimately make ourselves a priority too. That's it for this episode of Black on the Scene. We'll see you next Wednesday. Please remember to subscribe, leave us a rating, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Black on the Scene. That's B-L-K on the S-C-E-N-E. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.